Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Retroless. After a very long spring, R2 finally talked me into taking a vacation. So I got my bags packed, R2 and I are in the Y-Wing, and we're getting ready for the jump to hyperspace. So R2, why don't you get us ready for the jump, and I'm going to talk to these nice people. Well, usually I tell them a story about what I'm going to talk about, something that's sort of tangentially relevant to the story. Oh, well maybe your premise is tiresome. Sorry about that. When I was a kid, I was a Star Wars fan, and then Star Wars went away after Return of the Jedi, and people just didn't think it was very cool. They moved on to things like G.I. Joe, Transformers, all sorts of other stuff. Me, I stuck with Star Wars, buying figures, watching TV specials, and of course watching the two animated series that they would put out for Saturday morning cartoons. Here's some things that were really great about the fact that people had kind of given up on being fans. Number one. People were willing to part with their Star Wars figures for almost nothing. Sometimes they just gave them away. You'd go to garage sales and there'd just be a ton of Star Wars figures and you could load up. Two, even at the stores, the Star Wars figures were pretty cheap. They were starting to show up the end caps at our local 5 and 10. And if I saved up $1.99, I could pick up some figures, usually some older ones. But even though there were these perks... It was still problematic because you couldn't really talk to people about Star Wars in school or anything like that just because people weren't interested. And that was a shame because I was still really passionate about this universe and wanted to have people around me that were into it as well. Nowadays you have the Clone Wars on Cartoon Network and you have an upcoming, and who knows when that upcoming is, live action Star Wars show. And I hope that not too much time has passed between the newer trilogy and that, that some of the fandom has been lost. I think that hardcore fans who are a little bit older will carry those things no matter what. I just hope that the younger generation can get on board as well. So it looks like we're just about clear. Are we ready to go, R2? All right. So on today's show, we're going to talk about Star Wars's droids. We're going to talk about the setting of the show, its production, its stellar cast. We'll talk about the toys, some continuity issues, the comic book series, the video game, and the DVD release. We have some great Star Wars packed info, and I'm very excited about my vacation. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hit it, R2. <laughs> Oh 
So Star Wars Droids is the earlier adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO. It was an animated television series set in the Star Wars galaxy. Throughout the series, R2 and C-3PO would face off against things like gangsters, pirates, members of the Galactic Empire, and some of the characters from the original movies, people like Boba Fett and IG-88. Over the course of the TV show, which didn't run very long, the duo would often find themselves in the company of new masters. And these new masters would present a whole new set of difficulties. This series is set 15 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is between the events depicted in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith film, which is the end of the new trilogy, and the first movie of the old trilogy, the original Star Wars, which is now referred to as A New Hope. So why droids? Well, of course, Lucasfilm was hoping to use the popularity of the droids and also the Ewoks to reach a whole new generation of Star Wars fans. And when he came to the project, George Lucas had quality in mind. He was hoping to keep the standards for Saturday morning animation high and wanted both the voice acting and the art to be higher than average for most of the show. So he was going in all guns blazing, which is good because we would get some really high quality voice acting as well as at least one original voice from the movie, probably the most important one. Pre-production for the show began in May of 1984. During this time, Lucas met with producers, directors, and writers and collaborated on story ideas. Some of the actual stories were inspired by real science fiction stories that had been published and others would be completely new and made up. So at this time, Lucas laid out what would become the basic ideas for the series, but he wouldn't be involved in the day-to-day matters. As each episode was worked on, he would see rough cuts and would approve or disprove what he didn't like. Because of this, the series would be under his strict standards and there would be limitations as to what could be shown or what subjects could be dealt with in an episode. He had a vision. The series was produced by Nelvana, who were still cranking out quality animation, and broadcast on ABC. The series lasted one season and was made up of 13 episodes. It ran from September 7, 1985 to November 30, 1985 in its original incarnation. There was also a two-part TV special entitled The Great Heap in 1986. Following the original run of this complete series, the entire show was rebroadcast as part of what would be the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour the same year. What's that, R2? You have something you want to play for people? Okay, play it. Sorry, folks, R2 wants to play something for you. Artu, where are you? Artu? 
It's grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do, and I think we should set a good example. Well done, Artu. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health, and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. Well, that was nice, R2. Thanks. So as I mentioned, you have a lot of good talent in the show. You have Anthony Daniels playing C-3PO, and Anthony Daniels is C-3PO, so it would have been very unusual to not have Anthony Daniels playing that role. Playing Boba Fett and Jan Tosh was Dan Franks, who had been working steadily since the 1970s. A couple of years ago in the show La Femme Nikita, he played Walter, and... He's probably pretty famous as the father of the actress Cree Summer, who was on A Different World and has done a lot of voice acting herself lately. Winston Record played Sice Fromm. Winston has worked as well since the 1970s. Most recently, though, he has worked on Caprica. Graham Campbell played Admiral Screed. Sadly, he passed away in 1992. A little bit of fun trivia. I might have seen him act live. He played Bill Sykes in the 1984 Broadway revival of Oliver. He was a big Oliver fan. And that was the revival that had Ron Moody playing Fagin and Patti Lapone as Nancy. I was lucky enough to catch it. And, and while I might not have the playbill in front of me, I'm pretty sure I saw him play Bill Sykes. Pretty awesome. Peter McNeil played George DeSott. He's a Canadian actor who, like the other actors in the show, had worked consistently from the 1970s until now. John Stalker played Vlix, Grige, Zadok Cha, and Solog, plus a whole bunch of other voices. He's a prolific voice actor in a ton of stuff. Rob Cowan played Thal Jobin, another great prolific voice actor. Stood out to me, he played Skip in ALF the Animated Series as well. And rounding out the cast, you had Dan Hennessy as George Dusat, Uncle Jundi, Jin Oba, Vinga, and Yorpa. Another amazing voice talent has worked a ton before and afterwards probably the most interesting he was the voice of tackleberry in police academy the animated series i've never seen police academy the animated series but as soon as i read that i put a note down saying find police academy the animated series must watch police academy the animated series so there you have the cast oh okay and r2d2 as r2d2 droids if you're a fan of droids, this probably sounds familiar.
That is the opening theme to the series called Trouble Again that was performed by Stuart Copeland of The Police, and it was written by Copeland and Derek Holt. Star Wars had gone away, Return of the Jedi is done. Suddenly there are new Star Wars toys in the stores. In 1985, Kenner produced a toy line based on the series, which included action figures, ships, and other items. It was all great stuff. They had variations on R2 and C-3PO, plus they all came with these cool collector's coins, and one of my favorite ships, the A-Wing, finally made it into production, and I couldn't believe it. Let me just say something. When Return of the Jedi came out, there's these A-Wings, and they are amazing looking. Fast, sleek, who wouldn't want one? Then you go to the store, and there are no A-Wings. What? So finally, at least, with droids, we got to see an A-Wing toy, and it is a slick-looking toy. And even though the droid line ended many, many years ago, in 2007, Gentle Giant released an animated maquette of Boba Fett based on Fett's appearance in droids. It was a Star Wars Celebration exclusive, and out of the thousand of them produced, 700 of them were sold at Star Wars Celebration 4, while the remaining 300 were sent over to Celebration Europe. In addition to the toys and the modern collector's items, Random House at the time released a children's book based on the various episodes of the series. At the same time, in 1986, Marvel Comics, using their Star Comics imprint, published a comic book series based on the cartoon series under the name Star Wars Droids. It was a bi-monthly series that ran for only eight issues. Issues six through eight are really cool and sort of make this whole series worth buying because it's a retelling of the original film, complete with new scenes told from the perspective of the droids. So right there, it's worth taking a look at. In 1994, Dark Horse published a new series of Star Wars droids. These stories would be set before the events of A New Hope. This miniseries ran for six issues. Later, a second miniseries was published for eight issues, and after that, a one-shot titled Star Wars Droids The Protocol Offensive was published in 1997. You might not know it, but Star Wars Droids made the jump to video games. A computer game was released in 1998 for the ZX, or ZX Spectrum, and the Amstrad CPC. It was made by Mastertronic. In it, you play C-3PO and R2-D2 and you've been imprisoned and must escape from your captors. You're in a base that consists of eight levels, and you have to work your way up the levels by unlocking barriers and elevators. You find computer terminals next to them, and if R2-D2 logs onto them, you play a memory game like Simon, where you must memorize the sequences and repeat it. Of course, along the way, there are a lot of robots and other hazards that get in your way and reduce your energy. It's a pretty good-looking game for the time, with a lot of detail, but the gameplay itself can get a little monotonous. And while I tried playing it on an emulator just recently, I found it a bit frustrating to play. Oh, I know. Well, at least you had a game made about you. Ugh, droids. So as I mentioned, for real Star Wars geeks, there's some continuity issues between this series and what would be considered Star Wars canon. Now, Lucas has said that everything in droids is canon, but there are contradictions. In Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, the droids are entrusted to Ramus Antilles. Yet in A New Hope, when C-3PO says that his 
last master was Antilles, he either had his mind wiped or he's lying because throughout droids they have a whole bunch of other masters. In Star Wars The Ultimate Visual Guide, they try to explain this by saying that the droids were accidentally separated from Antilles, which is where the droids cartoon happened, and that eventually they returned to Captain Antilles. Still, you would figure that a very literal-minded droid like C-3PO would not just sort of say, oh, we only had one master, when he obviously addressed all these other people as master in the cartoon series. Now, that's a big continuity problem, but there was also some continuity coolness that was contributed by Star Wars droids that made it into the prequel films. In the episode A Race to the Finish, the droids end up at a race known as the Bunta Race. A similar name was used for the race in The Phantom Menace, which was known as the Bunta Eve Classic. The planet of Bogdan is visited by the droids in the series, and in Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett says that he was hired by a man named Tyrannus on the moons of Bogdan. Even Jan Tosh's wheeled bike was retconned as a predecessor to General Grievous's in Revenge of the Sith. Now, when droids came out, I recorded as many episodes as I could possibly find on VHS. And I think I still have a couple of the tapes stowed away somewhere, which is good because the original series has yet to be released fully on home video. Some of the episodes were released in the 80s and 90s on VHS. And an edited compilation DVD with the titles Star Wars Animated Adventures Droids was released on November 23, 2004. That DVD contained eight episodes of the series, edited together as two full-length movies, which is a shame. It cuts the theme song of the series, and there's lots of other small modifications to make it work as a continuous piece. So, although we don't have it right now, Star Wars prequel trilogy and DVD producer Rick McCallum has said, as has the head of fan relations at Lucas, Steve Sansweet, that the release of them on DVD is a complete possibility and is probably more likely than not bound to happen soon enough. So if you're a big droids fan, you don't have to wait very long. So what we... What's that? Uh-oh. We got trouble with pirates. R2, they got a lock on. R2, I think they got us in a tractor beam. We'll try to get the cannons back online and we'll see what we can do. Oh, I'm sorry, folks, here. We're going to have to try to maneuver here. Okay, R2, cannons are almost online. I'm going to take the shot, and as soon as I do, you take us back into hyperspace. Ready? Three, two, one. All right, go! All right, we're free. Whew, that was unexpected. For the phenomenal success of Star Wars... It is really surprising to me that both Droids and Ewoks, which I'm sure we'll talk about in another podcast, only got one season, and I'm yet to find a full explanation as to why it wasn't more popular. The only thing I can think of is that maybe it hit up against the same problem I was having, that the people who had seen the movies had gotten old enough that they didn't feel like watching an animated series based on it. They had gotten too adult. But it makes me wonder if they had stuck with the series and continued to hammer away at the mythology of the show building up Star Wars, could they have built a new generation of fans? I guess that's all irrelevant since the new Star Wars films themselves created that new generation of fans. Still, as a fan, I would have liked to have seen more. I gobbled up everything Star Wars I could get throughout the 80s and 90s, and 
I was at opening night for every one of the new movies, and while I might not enjoy them as much as the older films, I'm really glad that the Star Wars universe keeps cranking out stuff. I find it very comforting. All right, we're just about to drop out of hyperspace. I can tell you I've been waiting for a vacation for a long time. Got my bathing suit, got my sunscreen. Hey, R2, where did you book us on a vacation anyway? Dagobah? Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the only website to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. You can find it at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist and facebook.com slash retroist. The Retroist has a forum, and we'd love you to come by and talk about Star Wars, Star Wars droids, R2-D2. Yeah, you. And anything else you'd like to talk about. You can find the forums at www.retroist.com slash forum. Thanks for joining me on my space adventure. I'll be enjoying the humid swamps of Dagobah for the next two weeks. But I have my computer, and if I can find some Wi-Fi, I'll be seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend.
has been a retro production. Goodbye.